Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week, and actually we're doing the last two weeks, because per tradition, my last Breaches of the Week for the end of 2022 was a roundup of the worst breaches of 2022, and so we're going to do the back end of December here, as well as the beginning of January of 2023, and it has been nuts. I don't know what they're putting in Lockbit's water, but they have been on a tear lately, as you're going to see, they have been basically all over the map. They have been really motivated to just screw with everybody. Here's what's going on. But before we begin, as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me a ton of this information. That would be Jay Dance, Chris Fellon, Aaron Lax, Charlie Northrup, Jacqueline Wolf, and Barrett Peterson. Guys, thank you very much. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way and I'll give you a shout out both here and also on my nationally syndicated radio show as well. And with that, no time to lose. We're going to dive right in with Bristol Community College because the computer systems of said college were hacked in a ransomware incident, according to officials. Now, this took place on December 23rd, and I could not get a listing of personally identifiable information, but students and staff were advised to change all of their passwords, including bank accounts, credit cards, and other financial institutions, and obviously to use strong passwords. So, there you go. If you have anything to do with Bristol Community College, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about the U.S. military. And this is actually an interesting one because I actually talked about this in my fourth TED Talk, uh, basically called the privacy, the global privacy lessons of Afghanistan. Now, what we're talking about here is a secure electronic enrollment kit known as a Seek 2. Now, this is basically a shoebox-sized device. It's designed to capture fingerprints and perform iris scans, and it was listed on eBay for $149.95. And a German security researcher, Matthias Marx, offered $68 for it, and he won. And when he got it basically back into his home at Hamburg, Germany, this past August, he actually found a whole bunch of stuff because the device's memory card held the names, nationalities, photographs, fingerprints, and iris scans of 2,632 people. Now, this was reviewed by the New York Times, and most of the people in the database were basically Afghani or Iraqi. Many were known terrorists and wanted individuals, but others appeared to be people who worked with the U.S government or simply stopped at checkpoints. Metadata on the device re revealed that it had last been used in the summer of tw uh, 2012 near Kandahar in Afghanistan. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. When the United States pulled out of Afghanistan, uh, I think it was in 2021 or yes, it was 2021. And that was obviously very disastrous. We left behind a ton of this information, which means the Taliban now has information on U.S. military personnel and those Afghan citizens that actually were helping uh, uh, the, the uh, U.S. military, which is not good for them as the Taliban has resumed their executions as was expected. So obviously a huge problem. Hopefully uh, these boxes can be recovered or retrieved, but it's just not looking like it's going to happen. On top of that, let's go and move on to Twitter. I want to give you an update on this because apparently an outfit called Hudson Rock uh, discovered a, that a threat actor is selling 400,000, excuse me, 400 million Twitter uh, users' data. Now, this private information contains a ton of information on high-profile individuals. This is stemming from that massive hit of 5.4 million back in 2021, now up to 400 million. But we are talking about emails and phone numbers of high-profile individuals, such as Congresswoman Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, known as AOC, Kevin O'Leary, who I believe is from Shark Tank, um, Piers Morgan, the public commentator, I believe out of England, and more. Now, in this post, 
A threat actor claimed that the data was obtained in early 2022 due to that vulnerability in Twitter, and they were also attempting to now extort Elon Musk uh, to basically buy this information and have it destroyed, or he could put face GDPR lawsuits. So that is a huge thing. This Twitter uh, data breach from 2021 continues to unfold. That's a major problem. Obviously not good for Elon Musk, the new owner. Moving on, let's talk about Toyota, specifically their division in India, because they announced that 300000 Thousand customers have been exposed potentially since 2017. This is an update because I talked about uh, Toyota's exposure uh, and vulnerability, I think, in the last breaches of the week or the one before that. And now they are having to declare in India as well. So heads up to you. Uh, if you're in India and you drive a Toyota, you may be involved in this. Moving on. Let's head on over to Portugal and talk about the port of Lisbon, one of the largest ports and shipping centers in Portugal. Now, over Christmas, they suffered a cyber attack. The representatives of basically the Portugal's third largest port said the attack did not affect operations, but the cyber incident was reported to the National Cybersecurity Center as well as the judiciary police in that country. The Portuguese authorities did not specify the nature of the attack. However, the LockBit ransomware gang has posted all of their information to their leak site. So here we go. LockBit is just, like I said, all over this week. Moving on. Let's talk about uh, Vancouver-based Copper Mountain Mining Corp, or CMMC, which, quite frankly, really tripped me up when I was reading this article because CMMC has an entirely different connotation in my brain. If you're a cybersecurity professional, you know what I mean. Now, the CMMC, or Copper Mountain Mining Corp, suffered a ransomware attack on December 27th. That was 12 days after announcing the sale, uh, basically, of its EVA Copper project and its 2,100-kilometer-squared uh, exploration land package in Queensland's Australia. It's not known if that cyber attack was related to that announcement in any way, shape, or form, but obviously that's a huge hit. One of the largest mining organizations in the world, and here we are out of Canada. Moving on. Let's talk about Circle CI. This is a DevOps platform. <clears throat> it looks like they had some kind of security incident, although I could not get specifics when I actually went and read through their blog notes, but they had all of their OAuth tokens rotated and are urging their customers to do the same thing. So something obviously is going down there. Uh, and so if you use Circle CI for all your DevOps needs, go ahead and rotate your OAuth tokens. They've done it. You need to do it too. That's all I've got for you right now. You know I'll keep you up to date here. Moving on. Let's talk about Five Guys. This is the burger joint nationwide here in the United States. I don't know if they have any other locations outside of the country, but they are pretty popular here. Uh, basically, cyber attack. Uh, they got they had a cyber attack, and basically, uh, the attackers broke into a file server and stole personally identifiable information of people who applied to work at the chain. So we don't have many details right now, but in the form letter that they sent out on December 29th, Five Guys Chief Operating Officer Sam Chamberlain noted that a, quote, unauthorized access to files, end quote, was discovered on September 17th and blocked the same day. So if you have applied for a job or know somebody that's applied for a job at a Five Guys burger joint, heads up to you, uh, your data or their data might have been exposed. Moving on. Let's talk about business messaging platform Slack, very popular in the tech community. They confirmed that they recently suffered a data breach, but they reassured their customers that their data was not affected by this incident. Now, in an announcement uh, published basically uh, on December 31st of last year, Slack explained that an unknown threat actor or threat actors obtain employee tokens and then use them to access the private GitHub repositories. These repositories did not hold Slack's primary code base 
or customer data according to Slack. And so we'll see what ramifications there are of this. If something can be poisoned to get further deeper access into Slack, we're going to see what happens. I'll keep you up to date there, but heads up Slack users, obviously not a good thing at all. Moving on. Let's head back over to India and talk about the Indian Railway Catering and Tourism Corporation, or IRCTCT. And this is interesting as well because the Ministries of Railways in India has denied reports about a potential data breach of the IRCTCT and said that the data breach was not from their servers. Now, earlier, according to reports, it was reported that attackers stole the data of 30 million people that have booked railway tickets in uh, India using uh, IRCTCT. TCT. This includes personally identifiable information such as emails, mobile numbers, addresses, ages, and genders. The real identity of the attackers has not been re- uh, revealed, but they're apparently known as Shadow Hacker. Now, allegedly, that attacker, um, basically the, the hacker forum that's basically selling this, is asking uh, essentially for money and saying that they have uh, essentially 3 million passengers or so uh, on, on this as well. I'm sorry, <clears throat> 30 million, because this is absolutely Absolutely. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I do not know the Indian designations for stuff. I apologize. I forgot to Google that one. So I believe it's 3 million. The uh, hacker group, though, said that it has as much personal information, including emails and mobile numbers of up to 30 million people, though, who have booked tickets on Indian Railways. So heads up to you uh, if you have uh, basically booked anything on Indian Railways. This may be a data breach that is unfolding, even though they're denying it. I'm not sure, but here we are. I will keep you up to date on that and be a little more clear next time I'm talking about that. Moving on, let's head back into the United States and talk about Bay Bridge Administrators, LLC, because on December 29th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Massachusetts after an unauthorized party was able to access sensitive uh, consumer information in their infrastructure. And what we are talking about here are full names, social security numbers, uh, and other other PII. I'm not sure what else. And after confirming this, they sent out breach notification letters. So if you have anything to do with Bay Bridge Administrators, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about industrial banks. Specifically, on December 23rd, IBW Financial Corporation, or IBW, which is the holding company for Industrial Bank, reported a data breach with the Attorney General of Montana after discovering that sensitive consumer information had been compromised and and put out for sale. Now, what we are talking about is full names, addresses, dates of birth, social security, driver's license or state IDs, health insurance information, and financial account information being compromised. They also sent out notification letters as well. So heads up industrial bank consumers or customers and also IBW Financial Corporation employees. You may be out there. Moving on, let's head over to Illinois and talk about Midwest Orthopedics. I see their, their location all over when I'm driving around the Chicagoland area. Now, MOC, or Midwest Orthopedic, is notifying patients that their information, including names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, medical treatment or diagnosis information, and health insurance information may have been stolen and posted on the dark web as part of a recent hack. Let's see all the information I have right now, but heads up to you if you use Midwest Orthopedic for all your orthotic and prosthetic needs. Moving on, let's talk about Volvo, that is the massive car maker because data allegedly belonging to Volvo has now appeared for sale on hacking forums. Volvo acknowledged this breach, which appears to have been perpetrated by a new ransomware gang known as Endurance out of Serbia, and they posted a list of screenshots, including telematics, <coughs> excuse me, telematics on vehicles made for police, internal presentations, project management dashboards, and car parts schematics. Some of the documents appeared to be dated as late as December 
of last year. So just like a week or two ago, Volvo has also said that this did not impact their operations as what was stolen was pretty minor, but we'll see what happens. So heads up to you. If you have anything to do with Volvo, maker of what is supposed to be the most indestructible car, I remember those commercials back in the day. Moving on. Let's talk about Howard Memorial Hospital in Nashville, Arkansas, and apparently Arkansas also has a Nashville. I did not know that, but on December 4th, uh, uh, Howard Memorial Hospital became aware of suspicious activity in their network, and they believe data was stolen. Now, this investigation is still underway, but according to officials, um, they are basically looking at names, contact information, social security numbers, health insurance information, and for employees, it could also include direct deposit information. So, if you have anything to do with Howard Memorial Hospital in the other Nashville out of Arkansas heads up to you moving on Let's talk about rail giant Wabtec, W-A-B-T-E-C. This is a U.S. rail and locomotive company, and they disclosed a data breach that exposed the personal and uh, possibly sensitive information on customers and possibly employees as well. Uh, now, in an announcement published at the end of the year, they say the attackers hit their network and installed malware on a specific system as early as March 15th. Lockbit is to blame for this one as well. Now, what we are talking about are full names, dates of birth, U.S. national ID numbers, social security numbers, or fiscal codes, passport numbers, IP addresses, employee identification numbers, or alien registration numbers, national health service numbers for the United Kingdom, medical record, health insurance information, photograph, gender, gender identity, salary, social security number for the United States, financial account information, payment card information, account username and password, biometric information, rate race and ethnicity, criminal conviction or offense, sexual orientation and life, whatever that means, uh, and life, whatever that means. Are they alive? I don't know. Religious beliefs. I don't know why they've got that too. And union affiliation, meaning are you in a union? If yes, what's your local? That's what I'm guessing. That is basically everything, meaning Lockbit got in super deep and has put that on their site. Obviously a huge problem. So if you work for Wabtech or have anything to do with them, your information is probably out there now. Moving on, we've got a couple finalies for you. And one of our finalies is Lockbit because like I said, they've been on a tear lately and it's been absolutely insane. And this one warms the heart Kind of, not really, but but here's what's going on. The, the attack that we're talking about is just horrible. It is the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, Canada. And that is awful. What the fr- I, I just, of, of everything to data breach, hitting hospitals and healthcare institutions, just on a complete aside, I think to me is the most abhorrent thing. But when you've got one for sick kids that you're hitting, what kind of jerk does that? It's seriously, it's unbelievable. And, and Lockbit apparently... Agreed, because the the, the Lockbit ransomware gang released a free decryptor for the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto after one of their affiliates hit them with ransomware. Now, this ransomware attack hit on December 19th and affected several systems, resulting in what is called a code gray system failure for that hospital. And the attack impacted internal clinical and corporate systems, hospital phone lines, web pages, everything. Now, fortunately, the attack did not affect patient care and the hospital claimed that there was no evidence of personal health information being impacted. In a statement... Basically, on its leak site on December 31st, Lockbit actually apologized for this attack and released a free decryptor. Quote, we formally apologize for the attack on sickkids.ca and give back the decryptor for free. The partner who attacked this hospital violated our rules, is blocked, and is no longer in our affiliate program. And so... 
Okay, nobody's a fan of these ransomware gangs. I would ideally love to see every member of Lockbit rounded up, tried, and ideally convicted if they are actually, you know, part of Lockbit. And this is a huge thing. But I, I have to say, I am glad that they did this because, again, you're talking about, you know, sick kids. I mean, these are like pediatric cancer children. I mean, like, who is going to mess with them? Who would even want to violate that? I mean, talk about lack of scruples. And And believe me, there's no honor among thieves. I totally get that. In the beginning of the pandemic, we saw some game, some gangs actively go after hospitals where other gangs said, no, we're not going to touch them. You know, so so this is obviously hit and miss. But Lockbit, like I said, has been all over the news lately. And one of their affiliates, now a former affiliate, hit a, a literally a sick kid's hospital. And that is just, I think, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. I'm glad they got decrypted for free. I hope all of their data came back online because, you know, if you have any experience with decryptors in ransomware events, not everything gets back. Some things get corrupted etc etc so we'll see where that goes but best of luck absolutely the best of luck whatsoever uh for the hospital for sick children in toronto ontario canada and finally we have to talk about the u.s electrical grid because we have a two-pronged issue at the moment and the first issue we have to talk about are physical attacks this is coming from wired and i think this is actually rather important because Here's what's going on. When two shootings at the electrical substations in North Carolina left 40,000 North Carolinians without power for days, the incident seemed like an isolated incident, but... Basically, in the past week or so, the same utility, uh, Duke Energy, reported gunfire at another facility, a hydroelectric plant in South Carolina, and combined with two more incidents of hands-on sabotage at U.S. power facilities that occurred in Oregon, Washington, uh, Oregon and Washington, both states, in October and November, the vulnerability of the U.S. grid to old-fashioned physical harm seems like it's becoming a serious threat. Now, no damage seems to have occurred in the South Carolina case. And in the earlier incidents in Washington, the university, uh, the utilities, excuse me, involved described the case as vandalism. But the intruders in Oregon carried out a more deliberate attack, cutting through a perimeter fence and damaging equipment, according to the Oregon utility, causing a brief power outage in one of these cases. And yet another case, uh, basically a separate collection of incidents, Duke Energy saw half a dozen intrusions at substations in Florida, according to documents uh, basically seen uh, by News Nation and talking to the wire as well, or wired as well. Federal law enforcement is obviously investigating. Now, these incidents are reminiscent of another unusual isolated attack on the California power grid in 2015 when a sniper fired on an electrical uh, substation and triggered a blackout to parts of Silicon Valley that caused about $15 million in damage uh, for the power company. These newer cases are still relatively small, but it's showing how vulnerable our electrical grid is. Now, I had read one outside of this, an article that basically uh, said that one of these attacks, especially the one in North Carolina, may have been linked to uh, essentially like a drag show that was going on at a local place. If you if you are keeping up with you know the social issues of, of the week, there are a lot of people that have issues with drag shows uh, going on, especially like Drag Time Story Hour for Children and all of that. One of those events happened to be announced um, and uh, and then almost immediately that day, 
uh, somebody shot out the the power and knocked that out, thus delaying the event. And so are these things tied to that? Is this coordinated by, let's say, political partisans here in the United States? Is it a foreign government? I don't know. I, I don't have answers for those questions just yet. As I mentioned, the FBI is investigating this. But this is a huge problem because obviously electricity powers everything, including the Internet. If there was not electricity for you to charge your phone or turn on your computer, you would not be watching or listening to this right now. And so this is a huge thing. But on top of this, we have another very serious issue, and that is cyber attacks against critical infrastructure here in the United States, specifically in this case, electrical. Now, this is coming from CNN, and this is essentially what they're talking about. Attackers stole data belonging to multiple electric utilities in an October ransomware attack, and basically this was against a U.S. government contractor that handles critical infrastructure projects across the country, and that is essentially according to a memo that was obtained by CNN. Now, federal officials have closely monitored the incident for any broader impact to the U.S. power sector while private investigators have combed the dark web for stolen data, according to this memo, uh, basically that was sent um, late December to power company executives by North American Grid Regulators Cyber Threat Sharing Center, also known as an ISAC. Now, the previously unreported incident is a window into how these ransomware attacks on critical U.S. infrastructure and companies are now handled behind the scenes as lawyers and federal investigators are quietly getting into action to determine the extent of this damage. Now, this particular ransomware attack hit a Chicago-based Sargent & Lundy, which is an engineering firm that has designed more than 900 power stations and thousands of miles of power systems that hold sensitive data on those projects. The firm also handles nuclear security issues, working with the Departments of Defense, Energy, and other agencies to, quote, strengthen nuclear deterrence, end quote, and to keep weapons of mass destruction out of terrorist hands, according to their own website. So this obviously... Uh, is a huge problem. Is this a random ransomware attack? Is LockBit added again for no reason? This is just the next one up? Or is this actually coordinated by some foreign entity? And that is a huge, huge problem that we have. We have seen attacks on critical infrastructure. Think of Colonial Pipeline, for example. Think of the SolarWinds data breach, which is a software platform used by critical infrastructure and major federal agencies here in the United States as well as around the globe. We've also seen attempts of hacking at nuclear power plants around the globe as well, not to mention probing. So this is a huge, huge issue that we have. Like I said, electricity is essentially running civilization, and it's also running the internet. No internet, no communication, no commerce. If electric if electricity goes down, it's a huge, huge problem. We are seeing the effects of that live in a war zone as Russia invaded Ukraine and started knocking out power, all these kinds of things, not to mention test runs that Russian hackers did against Ukraine in 2015 or so by knocking out a nuclear power plant and then hitting the phone system, essentially turning 200 to 300,000 Ukrainians into, into deaf and blind citizens as they couldn't, they had no power and they couldn't call anybody to complain. So this is a huge problem that we are seeing seeing right now. We have a very serious problem with the critical infrastructure sectors in the United States keeping up. We're not just talking about private corporations, but we're also talking about government-owned and controlled sectors, such as the water industry. Water and wastewater is a huge problem. Electrical is no different. And I have worked with uh, companies that do uh, electrical things, you know, meaning <clears throat> they are supplying the power to regions or they are the ones laying the lines or all those kinds of things. This is a huge problem that we see, and they really need to step up their cybersecurity game because if electricity goes down or water goes out or any one of these power powerful things that we just take for granted, 
granted because it's there every day and it is powerful because it, it is something that we use, uh, you know, to, to basically maintain our civilization. That is a huge problem. So I leave you with that. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Best of luck to us in the new year for 2023. And if you were affected, please let me know. I'd love to hear your story. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.